This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. At this point, um, the balloon doesn't pose to have any to pose any risks to citizens. How is it that the U.S. can assess that, given that the balloon is at such an altitude, you know, without actually getting eyes on it up close and assessing the equipment that's on board? Um, and secondly, um, are there any alternatives being considered to shooting it down? Is there any option to take this balloon out of the sky intact to maybe get a better look at that equipment? Yeah. So, so again, uh, this is a surveillance balloon uh, hover. You know operating at about 60,000 feet. Um, clearly, you know, we did a, a very close assessment in terms of uh, what it's doing. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, military commanders have assessed that there is no physical or military threat to people on the ground. Um, and so uh, in that regard, we'll continue to monitor. Uh, in terms of way ahead, we will continue to review options, but I'm not going to have anything further to provide on that. So thank you. Is the option of shooting down the balloon, particularly as it's going over more populated areas, off the table? Is that still amongst the options that, that the U.S. military is considering? And if so, under what conditions would it do so? Yeah, thanks, Nancy. So, so at this stage, uh, what I can tell you is, again, um, we're reviewing options. I'm not, I'm not going to go into more specifics than that. Uh, and when and if there's any updates to provide, we'll let you know. It's been ruled out shooting. Uh, again, we're, we're monitoring it and we're reviewing options. No, just leave it there. And then a senior defense official yesterday said that um, similar incidents had happened under the previous administration. And yet some of those administration officials have come forward and said they're not familiar with it. Is there any way you could give us more details on when it's happened over, whether it was over the continental U.S. or over U.S. territories? Is that something you could potentially take to provide the public more details about the extent yes. that these things happen? So what I would tell you right now is um, that information is classified. Uh, I'm not able to provide it other than um, I can confirm that there have been other uh, incidents where balloons did come close to or cross over U.S. territory. Right, this, was, this trip was coming at a time when they were trying to tone down the temperature in the relationship. And then, the, you know, the Chinese end up doing something like this. You know, it's entirely appropriate for Blinken to postpone the trip. Uh, you know, he can demarse them on this next week or next month. It doesn't matter. But this is, again, a sign of how the relationship, this is coming on the, in the aftermath of Austin's uh, visit to the region and announcement of new base arrangements with the Philippines, you know, increased U.S.-Japan-Korea exercising in the region. You know, the temperature is going up in the relationship. And here we had an opportunity to, to bring it down a little bit. And then the Chinese have this balloon flying in the area. That makes it impossible for the Secretary of State to go. If you were still with the NSC, how would you advise the Biden administration moving forward, Victor? 
Well, I mean, I still think they have to keep their eye on the ball, right? China is the pacing threat. Uh, continue to deal with this question of how the Ukraine war is affecting China's designs on Taiwan. Continue to build up defense capabilities in Taiwan. Improve capabilities of all the allies in, reg- in the region. That's China's the pacing threat. So that's what we have to focus on. This particular balloon is certainly a problem. And again, it speaks to their broader intelligence gathering campaign against the United States. But we have to keep our eye on the ball with regard to that. And then also find guardrails in the relationship, which was what Blinken's trip was about. But we can't do that if the Chinese are doing things like this that embarrass the administration. Carrie, your latest article for Foreign Affairs is entitled Don't Fear Putin's Demise. You write in part, quote, Putin's effort to restore Russia's lost empire is destined to fail. The moment is therefore ripe for a transition to democracy and a devolution of power to the regional levels. But for such a political transformation to take place, Putin must be defeated militarily in Ukraine. A decisive loss on the battlefield would pierce Putin's aura of invincibility and expose him as the architect of a failing state, making his regime vulnerable to challenge from Within. You heard the report, uh, uh, Putin's threats of, of nuclear weapons. Uh, do, you, do you not fear that? Do you not fear that if Putin is pushed to, to, to the wall and if he feels there's an existential threat not only to his regime but to his life that he would use nuclear weapons? By the way, he hasn't said nuclear. It's a, it's a fantasy of those who are trying to pretend that, you know, the hypothetical threat of, of nuclear uh, attack uh, could uh, make us slow down supply of, of weapons to Ukraine. Putin talked about uh, different kind of wars, but he never, never mentioned nuclear in the, in the speech. I listened, it's, it's in, in Russian original. So that's why, again, be sure that, you know, Putin keeps playing the same card. He's, he's bluffing. It always worked. And now he could sense that there is still a weakness on the side of his counterpart. I'm not talking about Ukrainians who are resilient, who are fighting heroically. But look at uh, America and Europe. There's still disagreement about the strategic goal of this war. We still have senior members of this administration talking about negotiated outcome. They're trying to push this false narrative mm-hmm. that every war ends up at negotiating table. That's nothing could be further from the truth. World War II, the war on the values, uh, never ed- has not ended on negotiating table. American Civil War has not ended on negotiating table because when you fight for principles, there's nothing to negotiate. So, uh, so let, let me repeat the question, though, Gary, uh, and, and we agree on much, uh, and we have agreed on much for a very long time, uh, but um, I think you actually do have to worry about uh, a madman who is sitting on more nuclear weapons than any other country uh, on the planet. Do you not fear the possibility that Vladimir Putin could resort to using nuclear weapons? No, I, I, I think it can happen. You know, you could have a big asteroid hitting Earth. Yes, definitely we should take into account well, that. There's a little chance asteroid hitting Earth. If we had more time, you know, I could tell you that the chances are, okay, are, are, that's, are very, that's, very small. That's uh, Morning Joe. That's, that's what the elites in this city watch every morning, that kind of loose, dangerous talk. When they're talking about a border dispute, uh, on the eastern, a uh, Russian-speaking eastern border of Ukraine, equating it to the uh, World War II and the American Civil War, where we need unconditional, uh, we need a total, complete victory over the Russian army um, for unconditional surrender on the 80th anniversary, or close to the 80th anniversary, for a couple of days ago, of the surrender of the 
German Sixth Army, it's Stalingrad. And Putin's brought up Stalingrad for the people to hold. I, I want to bring in Dr. Kevin Roberts, president over at Heritage. A lot of things about debt, about money. He's written an incredible piece over the American conservative on the defense budget. But I, I just want to, before we get into the details, I just want your overview, given you understand history as well as anybody. Where are we right now on this? <laughs> We've got, and it's not a balloon, right? It's a, it's a, it's a surveillance. Of course, they say it's a weather surveillance. It's a spy, uh, you know, it's a supply device, a spy device right now over the United States floating around, the arrogance of that. And, and this headline, we said this morning, we started the show saying, you know, in the, in the Financial Times, London, Blinken to meet Xi during landmark China visit in, in sign of thawing relations. And this was the cheerleading, the Uniparty, the Party of Davos, the City of London, Wall Street. Yes, things are thawing. We're gonna, when they're at war with us, economic war, political war, information war. And by, before the show was over, Blinken had postponed. So, so Dr. Roberts, put in perspective, particularly this increasingly war toxin sounded. And now you got MSNBC with Kasparov on there talking about defeating a, 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 a crushing defeat of the Russian army in Ukraine, right? Uh, that, uh, and we don't have to worry about nuclear weapons because the probability is, you know, a asteroid could hit the earth. This kind of loose, dangerous talk, Dr. Kevin Roberts. Steve, thanks for having me in spite of the fact that you subjected me to more Morning Joe than I've listened to probably in my life. But that, that, that aside, my friend, <laughs> let me say that that exchange on Morning Joe between the anchor and Mr. Kasparov reveals a concern that I have and that tens of millions of Americans have had since the beginning of the Ukrainian conflict, conflict and it's this. With each tranche of U.S. military aid to Ukraine, and I, I think it, it's helpful to defend people or help to defend people fighting for their sovereignty, the rhetoric has changed from the United States is never going to have our own troops on the ground to just in the last week, in addition to what we just heard, members of Congress saying, well, we need to open the door to American contractors being there to show the Ukrainians how to use the tanks that we're sending. You and I both have been around long enough to know that you give the imperial city of D.C. a couple of weeks to change that rhetoric to the next step, which is, well, we need a small contingent of American military there. All of that to say this, the Russian army is not going to be defeated by Ukraine. This, this war is at best at a stalemate. And what worries me for our kids, for people's grandchildren in the United States, is that the only way Russia would ever be defeated decisively is if there are American troops on the ground. And that's not where we need to be focused. Clearly, the balloon continuing to fly over the continental United States needs to be our focus. And not only is it a travesty, not only is it evil, it begs a lot of questions about how financially conflicted the president of the United States is with the CCP. The heritage is, is known, I think, best is when Ronald Reagan, you know, uh, being the intellectual foundation for the Reagan revolution and particularly for the evil empire and, and confronting the Soviet Union at the time. So I think when people naturally think of heritage, they think of hawks, you know, and I consider myself a hawk, but I, I'm also uh, quite concerned about the national security implications of our spending and our debt and the defense budget has got to be brought up there. Just walk through, what, what is the mindset of, of heritage still is our most important think tank of, of heritage, particularly in national security and national defense when you look at and you weigh and measure Ukraine on one hand and the defense of Taiwan on the other, sir. 
Well, I can tell you to your general question about our posture, we believe in Reagan's principle of peace through strength. You know, I'm, I'm a son of the Cold War. You yourself served the country in that, Steve, as so many of your audience did. That hasn't changed. What's changed, and this is something that I touched on in the American conservative piece, is that in 2023, our fiscal situation is much weaker than it was in 1983. And I would like to think that if President Reagan were part of this conversation you and I are having right now, he would say, you guys need to understand, you, you probably can't fight a one-front war, let alone what the Pentagon tells us they can do, that you can fight a two-front war. So our defense scholars at Heritage, for the first time in the history of our index of military strength, Steve, rated the United States military as weak. That concerns me because I want to be sure that America has a strong presence around the world, a very responsible one. But this is the problem. Just as we discovered in the 1970s and 1980s that led to this Goldwater Nichols Act of 1986 that totally redesigned the Department of Defense, there were people then who said, we can't do that because the status quo is good. This is the point. For those of us who believe in peace through strength, for those of us who believe that the right focus is on the Chinese Communist Party and not spending over $100 billion of our precious resources on Ukraine, we have to confront that the Pentagon is irresponsible in its spending. To be sure, non-defense spending is irresponsible too, and we need to cut that as well. But what we're trying to push at Heritage is an honest conversation across the political spectrum, starting on the political right, that we, we ought to be able to be building missile programs and munitions programs for the next war. But of course, to sum up here, Steve, as you know well in Washington, D.C., just asking those questions means that you're an enemy of the status quo. The key thing to understand is that if someone is opposed to the reform of defense spending, they are opposed to America winning the next war. To be pro-defense spending reform is to be pro-America winning the next conflict. That's the conversation, just as we did in the 1980s, that we're trying to lead. Given the respect, by the way, we'll take a short commercial break. Dr. Roberts going to join us on the other side. The question I have that we would like answered coming back is that given the respect people put in the Heritage Index, how do you spend $800 billion a year and have Heritage, have Heritage list you as weak? Now it's $848 billion. So we're going to come back. Heritage, for the first time, is listed the United States military is weak over on their index for spending $800 billion, $848 billion, and that's just how they account for it. It's actually a trillion when you add it all up. We'll be back in a moment with Dr. Roberts about how we're going to get our hands around this national security issue, the debt, spending, and the defense budget next in the world. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Despite the U.S. blowing through $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand, when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only going to get worse. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. 
Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of our precious metals specialists. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today to get your free info kit. Take action. Use your agency. We address the presence of the Chinese surveillance balloon in U.S. airspace. Uh, I spoke this morning with Director of the CCP Central Foreign Affairs Office, Wang Yi, to convey that in light of China's unacceptable action, I am postponing my planned travel this weekend to China. As you know, President Biden and President Xi agreed during their meetings in Bali uh, in November that I would travel to Beijing to follow up on their discussions. We've been working across the U.S. government to prepare for a substantive set of discussions on issues that matter to the American people and to people around the world. And we've been engaging for some time with our counterparts in Beijing to prepare for these meetings. Yesterday, the Department of Defense announced that we had detected and were tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon that remains over the continental United States. We continue to track and monitor the balloon closely. We're confident this is a Chinese surveillance balloon. Once we detected the balloon, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information. We communicated with the PRC government directly through multiple channels about this issue. Members of my team consulted with our partners in other agencies and in Congress. We also engaged our close allies and partners to inform them of the presence of the surveillance balloon in our airspace. We concluded that conditions were not conducive for a constructive visit at this time. In my call today with Director Wang Yi, I made clear that the presence of this surveillance balloon in U.S. airspace is a clear violation of U.S. sovereignty and international law that it's an irresponsible act, and that the PRC's decision to take this action on the eve of my planned visit is detrimental to the substantive discussions that we were prepared to have. I told uh, Director Wong that the United States remains committed to diplomatic engagement with China and that I plan to visit Beijing when conditions allow. Republican Congressman James Comer of Kentucky, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, is in focus now. Um, what is your greatest concern as we track something that is the size of three buses now that China says was taken by wind, wind that we can't substantiate. Well, I have concern this is going to be another example of the Biden administration's weakness on the national scale. I mean, you, you look at what happened in Afghanistan. That hurt the reputation of America's military strength. That hurt the reputation of our commander in chief. And now we have China clearly playing games with the United States. This balloon never should have been allowed to cross over into the uh, past the Pacific coast under the continental United States. Never should have happened. You know, my concern is that the uh, federal government obviously doesn't know what's in that balloon. Is that bioweapons in that balloon? Is it, did that balloon take off from Wuhan? You know, we don't know anything about that balloon. But the fact that uh, this balloon was slowly making its way to the United States for several days and this administration never alerted anyone uh, 
about the possibility of this balloon coming over the oh. United States is very concerning. It's very concerning they didn't shoot it out of the air before it even reached the continental United States. Oh, Chairman, let me stop so, you there. So what do I, you mean never alerted I, anyone? You mean... I, I, our guest is, uh, and it went on, you know, Comer is not an a individual. He's a lawyer, kind of like Columbo, because uh, he's running these investigations um, over and oversight. He's not somebody who comes in with a sarin fire. So, Dr. Roberts, I'd like to once again ask you about this current situation, but I also want people to understand your heritage's assessment of the United States military is weak, is not just the weakness of the Biden administration. It's also force structure. It's kind of the systemic issues dealing with the United States military, the Pentagon, all of it. It's not just that we have, it's over and above or deeper than just the hapless political leadership in this country. Am I correct on that? You're 100% correct. In fact, Steve, the, the Biden regime is just the exclamation point on what has been a very long running trend really accelerated during the Obama years explicitly by President Obama to make sure that our military was weaker, smaller, quote unquote, less expensive. And only because of some some courage on the policy point by President Trump are we not in an even greater unmitigated disaster now. And so I really want to underscore the point about the significance of the Heritage Foundation saying that our military is weak. When, when our scholars, including a three-star general who heads up this work and, and people who have served this country admirably, realized that objectively for the first time in that index was what the score was going to be, they, they rushed to my office and they said, Kevin, we can't believe it's this bad. We, we know in our heart of hearts that things are terrible, but the numbers are terrible. And so any person listening to this needs to know, you have to start fixing this now. And this is a Department of Defense that rather than focusing on developing new programs, new planes, new tanks, new, new war material for an increasingly likely conflict with the CCP, is instead spending billions of dollars on sensitivity training and pronouns and diversity, equity, inclusion. This has to stop. And I'm so grateful that even though the Republicans have just a slim majority in the House, they at least have the gavels of all of the committees, and they're doing an excellent job, in my opinion, thus far, in showing what we must do in order to regain our strength. So this article in American Conservative, you talk about Moneyball, and I think the question our audience has is, hey, Dr. Roberts, how did the guys at Heritage say it's weak and we're spending $800 billion a year, really a trillion dollars a year in defense? How, how can we spend this much money and now we're on the on this Heritage scale, we're actually weak? And, and, and your solution is what, sir? There are three big factors that contribute to that unfortunate reality of spending basically a trillion dollars and the military still being weak. The first is that there's there's groupthink inside the Pentagon. No disrespect to our men and women in uniform, even those who are left of center in key positions, we're grateful for their service. But the problem is twice in the history of the Department of Defense, at least, that agency, which is what it is, has, has become susceptible to groupthink, which blocks off innovation. And, and we know, as I mentioned, the Goldwater-Nichols Act of 1986, a long forgotten but very important restructuring of the Pentagon, forced the Department of Defense to be prepared for the next war. So the first factor is the Pentagon itself. The second is the political reality, Steve. I've visited with several dozen members of the House in the last couple of weeks on this issue, and not a single one of them, even those who are right-minded about reforming the Department of Defense, looks forward to, to, to those votes where they're going to be ending some military programs in their district, 
and potentially starting some new military programs in someone else's. But once in a while, we have to have political courage to do the right thing. And the third thing, as I'm sure your audience intuits, the amount of money in Washington, D.C. spent by K Street lobbyists to perpetuate programs like the CH-47 that the Army has been asking for three years to end means that there are all kinds of forces arrayed against innovation. And so the solution is for Congress this term to demand that there be two or three substantive cuts of missile munitions programs that don't work and urge, require the Department of Defense to begin building those programs that in fact prepare us well for war in China. Heritage has a slew of recommendations in the what I would call the social sphere of the Pentagon, where unfortunately under Biden, we've been spending way too much money. Uh, you've got Rick Stern over there. You you have a balanced budget program called the Heritage Budget Blueprint. We're going to make sure everybody in the audience gets access to that. But this defense spending is in the larger context of the debt ceiling in the negotiation. What is Heritage's position in this, sir? Our position is actually, believe it or not, very similar to Speaker McCarthy's. I think he's done a good job on this thus far, and it is this. Rather than focused on being focused on the dollar amount, we need to be focused on extending the debt ceiling for two years. Keep in mind, I'm a fiscal hawk and I'm saying that. I wish the debt ceiling were a lot lower. I'm nodding to the political realities. you got to read between the lines and realize that what the Democrats are trying to set up is that the Republican nominee, whoever he or she will be in 2024, will be fraught with that decision. McCarthy's playing a very important uh, play here by wanting to extend the debt ceiling two years. Second point, really important, there has to be spending caps. For every dollar that the debt ceiling is increased, there needs to be a corresponding dollar of cuts in, in, in discretionary spending. It's crucial that we do that in order to set up and this is where I'm coming from with that article on defense spending, Steve, the next big budget fight on defense spending, on non-defense spending, that's when the Republicans, that's when the conservative movement will be able to get our hands around it. My colleague Richard Stern guides this work for Heritage and is excellent. Yeah, we'll have Richard on. Let me ask you, what in the time we've got remaining, are you going to do the spending cuts in the appropriate, we've got an appropriations process that's hurtling towards regular order and not an omnibus bill, but we've committed to actually have an appropriations a, a plan that lays it out this spring, this summer, so it's approved before September. You've got the debt ceiling fight now. Are the big cuts that you're talking about going to come in that appropriations process that would be outside the debt ceiling negotiations? Some some of them will just because of, of the math problem that it is. And those that will, to be somewhat specific, Steve, will be especially in the, the social area of the Pentagon. We know at Heritage it's going to take a long time to get the Department of Defense to make a pivot on some of these munitions programs. That's why we're raising the flag mm -hmm. now that we have to start the conversation. And I'm grateful to so many members of the House and Senate on our side who recognize because they are like you and me, defense hawks, we have to change what we're doing because if we're against these reforms yeah. in the Department of Defense, America will only be weaker. Dr. Roberts, how do people get access? We've had so many of the great folks from, uh, we had EJ on yesterday. We had so many of the great folks, Mike Hell, et cetera. How do people get more access to, uh, to um, Heritage and your social media? Heritage.org is the website. You can follow us also on Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, all the social channels. You can follow me at Kevin Roberts TX, Kevin Roberts, Texas. 
Fantastic. And we're going to push out this uh, your blueprint on the uh, defense side to get to focus on Moneyball. Uh, Dr. Roberts, thank you very much, and great job over Heritage. Fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Okay, short commercial break. Uh, we're going to get Boris, and we're going to talk about Ukraine. Now they want an unconditional surrender of the Russian. That's the new thing. It's not liberate uh, Crimea. Now it's unconditional surrender of the Russian army. If you don't think your sons and daughters, that they want your sons and daughters in the charnel house of eastern Ukraine, you would be incorrect. That's exactly where they want, not just your money. They want your kids. All next in the war room. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Empire is destined to fail. The moment is therefore ripe for a transition to democracy and a devolution of power to the regional levels. But for such a political transformation to take place, Putin must be defeated militarily in Ukraine. A decisive loss on the battlefield would pierce Putin's aura of invincibility and expose him as the architect of a failing state, making his regime vulnerable to challenge from within. You heard the report, uh, uh, Putin's threats of, of nuclear weapons. Uh, do, you, do you not fear that? Do you not fear that if Putin is pushed to, to, to the wall, and if he feels that there's an existential threat, not only to his regime, but to his life, that he would use nuclear weapons? By the way, he hasn't said nuclear. It's a, it's a fantasy of those who are trying to pretend that, you know, the hypothetical threat of, of nuclear uh, attack uh, could uh, make us slow down supply of, of weapons to Ukraine. Putin talked about uh, different kind of wars, but he never, never mentioned nuclear in the in this speech. I listened; it's it's in, in Russian original. So that's why, again, be sure that you know Putin keeps playing the same card. He's he's bluffing. It always worked, and now he could sense that there is still a weakness on the side of his counterpart. I'm not talking about Ukrainians who are resilient, who are fighting heroically. But look at uh, America and Europe. There's still disagreement about the strategic goal of this war. 
We still have senior members of this administration talking about negotiated outcome. They're trying to push this false narrative mm-hmm. that every war ends up at negotiating table. That's nothing could be further from the truth. World War II, the war on the values, uh, never ed- has not ended on negotiating table. American Civil War has not ended on negotiating table because when you fight for principles, there's nothing to negotiate. So, uh, so let, let me repeat the question, though, Gary, uh, and, and we agree on much, uh, and we have agreed on much for a very long time, uh, but um, I think you actually do have to worry about uh, a madman who is sitting on more nuclear weapons than any other country uh, on the planet. Do you not fear the possibility that Vladimir Putin could resort to using nuclear weapons? No, anything can happen. You know, you could have a big asteroid hitting Earth. Yes, definitely we should take into account well, that. There is a chance, but if we had more time, you know, I could tell you that the chances are, are, are very, very small. But the problem is, you know, if we um, let this blackmail work, then, you know, we have to probably close NATO. Because then the same threat will be used uh, to conquer Lithuania, Latvia, Poland, any, any other, other country. Uh, this is this is a unique moment where we can actually end this 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 the story of Russian empire and offer you know Russians and countries surrounding Russia a, a chance to live in peace. A simple thing: if Putin stays in power, the war will never end because every empire survives only by expanding. Economically, Russia is in terrible shape. There's, there's no hope of economic expansion, which means war. So beating Putin on the battlefield and creating conditions for his removal in Russia, because many Russians, you know, as, as has happened before in our history, will never forget uh, uh, the, the military defeat, the geopolitical catastrophe. That's the, that's, that creates ripe conditions for, for regime change in, right. inside our country. So that's, that's, that's the best hope for everybody, not only Ukrainians. Boris Epstein. Uh He's arguing right there, and they're nodding their heads for a um, unconditional battlefield defeat of the Russian army in Ukraine, uh, sir. It, it, how is that madness or not, sir? Steve, honored to be with you. Honored to be with the War Room Posse. You know, Gary Kasparov never did recover from being crushed by the IBM supercomputer or by Kromnik in that uh, uh, you know to that vein. I guess that this is what happens when you have liberal chess players. Trying to be, trying to pretend to be some sort of experts on international policy or or world politics, Kasparov knows you know Kasparov knows almost as little about uh, international affairs as as everybody does it over there. Morning, Mika Mika Brzezinski, whose father was one of the worst uh, foreign affairs uh, actors in American history, uh, and of course uh, you know uh, Morning Joe, who was. You know, knows nothing about nothing except for what may or may not have happened at his uh, congressional office over there in Florida uh, you know, uh, almost 20 years ago. Here's the problem. The problem is that no, talking about nuclear weapons is not like an asteroid hitting Earth. And talking about a full military defeat in, in Ukraine for, for Putin, by the way, again, I was one of the first people from our side of the spectrum politically to say that this was a major mistake by Vladimir Putin, and I'm proud and honored to have done it on this air almost uh, a year ago now. It was a mistake then. It remains a huge mistake now. However, pushing for, for a goal to be the full military defeat and then regime change in Russia is actually it is driving America toward what Gary Kasparov, not even realizing in his own you know, sort of feeble political mind, is calling for, which is 
a repeat of World War II. Look at the examples he gave. Oh, World War II and, oh, the Civil War. Well, okay, Gary, so if you want millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people around the world, and specifically of Americans, to die for your political perspective, and yes, that is a perspective that, sh- that is shared by many, but that, you know, in the end, that is, that, that is Gary's view, then you can continue to push it. But here's my question. If Gary's so into this and he's all in on, you know, hey, let's go and uh, have a full military victory in, in, in the Ukraine and everybody's got to be engaged on the front lines, what's he doing on Morning Nico? Why isn't he over there in the Ukraine fighting? Let me play. Uh, by the way, he makes a criticism there about people about negotiation. This is right after President Trump goes, hey, I can, I can solve this in 24 hours. He said it in New Hampshire. He said it again in South Carolina. He said it repeatedly. Uh, President Trump is out today with a new video. Can we go ahead and play that and have Borser's response? Let's play the President Trump about the CCP. It's rarely even mentioned that China has many thousands of spies working in the United States in business, finance, academia, technology, media, and likely even government, very sadly. As president, I established a special initiative at the Department of Justice tasked with the sole mission of targeting Chinese espionage in the United States. Joe Biden terminated that program right away, suggesting that it was somehow racist. According to published reports, this came shortly after 160 faculty members of the University of Pennsylvania, where I went to school, the Wharton School of Finance, home of the now infamous Biden Center, wrote to Merrick Garland and demanded that the Chinese espionage initiative be shut down immediately. Congress needs to dig deep into the financial operations of the University of Pennsylvania, its Chinese donors, the Biden Center, and the Biden family, and figure out what the hell is going on. As president, I took the most dramatic action of any administration to curtail China's ability to conduct espionage in the United States. And when I'm back in the White House, those efforts will be expanded in a very, very big way. Instead of hunting down Republicans, a reformed FBI and Justice Department will be hunting down Chinese spies. We will create new partnerships with businesses and universities to give them the tools to protect themselves from insider threats. We will also impose whatever visa sanctions and travel restrictions are necessary to shut off Chinese access to American secrets in compliance with our demands and in compliance with our laws. The FBI even recently admitted that China operates a secret police force on American soil. How do you like that one? Imposing the iron fist of the Communist Party The rule, think of this, the Communist Party rule on Chinese nationals in the United States. Just think about that. We will shut that down and we will shut it down cold. Thank you very much. Boris, we just had, uh, you know, this morning they said um, uh, Blinken, the Financial Times said Blinken's going over to meet with Xi uh, and Tiger, Tiger Yi because there's a thawing of relationships, sir. We're about to have these huge investigations start next week. They're already taking depositions. We have a spy balloon the size of the carriage on its size of three school buses, right? Um, And the Biden administration refuses to shut it down. In fact, John Tester, John Tester has just come out with a tweet, uh, or John Tester has been quoted. It's been out by CNN. 
that he's he's the senior appropriator in the Senate. He's saying that he's calling for a meeting, a, a hearing immediately to have the Biden administration. This is a left wing Democrat to have a Biden administration come before the Senate and say exactly how this happened. How long have they known about it? Why weren't people notified? Because Tester understands he ain't going to be reelected in Montana. Right. With 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 this uh, with this uh, debacle in the White House. So give me give me your assessment of this Chinese situation right now and your belief of President Trump's perspective since he put out this very powerhouse uh, video today, sir. No doubt a powerhouse video. President Trump going right to the heart of the matter. President Trump put in place a system to identify and deal, eradicate with the Chinese spy program, eradicate the Chinese spy program in the U.S. Joe Biden called it racist and dismantled it. Hmm. Is that the same Joe Biden whose crime family has been getting billions of dollars from China? Is that the same Joe Biden who's been buying home after home, mansion after mansion, with money that came from God knows where, not from this time in the Senate? The same Joe Biden whose son Hunter Biden is a bag man for the, uh, for the Biden crime family and has proven through the laptop from hell to have had extensive relationships, including those rent payments that are so murky in terms of the House in Wilmington, but coming likely and possibly from the Chinese Communist Party. So what we have right now is an illegitimate leader with knee-deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party who's refusing to deal with Chinese spies in America, dismantling programs that would do so, and now allowing a Chinese spy balloon to travel peacefully across America. And, you know, of course, John Tester looks, he sees, he thinks, hey, here's a campaign commercial, the balloon with Tester's face on it. He doesn't like that any, so now he's hauling them into hearings. President Trump this morning very simply saying, shoot down the balloon. Four words, which if we had a real leader in the White House, and we will when President Trump is back in there, that would have already happened. And not all this nonsense with General Milley saying, no, that's a bad idea. You know, there's uh, could be some uh, damage if, if the balloon shut down. Hello, Montana is not exactly a populated urban area. You've got a, you've got a lot of space over there, Steve. You know that pretty well yourself. This is a disaster for America. It's a disaster for Joe Biden. And once again, and I don't say this happily, I say this sadly, but it's reality. Elections of consequences, stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. And that is why we don't have actual leadership right now in our country. Uh, Boris, uh, I know you got to bounce. We got about a minute. Uh, weigh and measure what you're seeing with on the Capitol Hill, et cetera, of this rush into Ukraine. Now they're all of a sudden surprised they got 500,000 Russian troops on the border versus the handling of the CCP, sir. The warmongering has got to stop. Okay? We've got to be very serious here. Again, Putin made a huge mistake. He should have never, never invaded Ukraine. It was a huge mistake. And yes, there's a way to deal with it. The way to deal with that is to engage both sides. Tell Putin that we are going to arm Ukraine to the tilt. Tell Ukraine, hey, we're not going to give... We're not going to give you anything else. You two better come together and figure it out. Yes, that is called a negotiated resolution. And by the way, each war does have a negotiated resolution. Gary Kasparov, go stick to chess. Okay, buddy, no matter how it is, in the end, it's negotiated. And yes, including the Civil War here in the United States. So the key here is this. Let's get to a resolution. Let's not let this blow up into World War Three. We cannot afford that financially we cannot that afford that militarily and we cannot afford that in the matter of american lives how do, how do people get to you your morning newsletter everything on social media boris 
Steve, thank you so much for having me. My information, my, the website is hot. Sign up right now on BorisCP.com. Hot on BorisCP.com. Hot on Getter at BorisCP. On Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on Truth Social at Boris. The hottest on the ground. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. And Shabbat Shalom. Thank you very much, Boris. Short commercial break. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the sea. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here has arrived the new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. You know, Boris, uh, by the way, uh, welcome back. I want to get everybody to uh, CPAC. And I think now more than ever, you've seen all this geopolitical activity. We're on the path to obviously war. That's quite obvious. Um, It's very important for us to have a gathering of the tribes at CPAC March 1st through 4th. I want everybody in this audience to get a $47 discount on the general mission ticket. That means it's under $250. This is going to be memorable. Four days. I think we're doing four days of live War Room, the morning and afternoon show. You get to participate. Audience participation will get everybody into the show like we did at Turning Point USA and like we did at CPAC Dallas, where I think if you talk to people, they had a fantastic time. So we look forward to that. We have our contributors there. We have all of our production team. We get to meet everybody. Um, more than that, I think you're going to want to hear – they're going to start rolling out next week uh, the speakers, who's going to be main stage speakers, but also going to be tons of breakout rooms on all the topics that you want to get your arms around. Everything I'm sure from transgender ideology to the to the and and, um, and, and you know gender affirming surgery to um, uh, to you know parents' rights, transhumanism, um, you know economics, the debt ceiling, all of it. And you're going to have you know all your different. Uh, they'll have radio row there with all of your different talk show your favorite people. So it's something you really want to come to. That's cpac.org slash war room. You can get it right now. Uh, also, mypilla.com, promo code war room. Make sure you go there at the launch of MyPilla 2.0. This is the uh, the love of um, 
Mike Lindell's life besides uh, his economic, his voter, his election crime unit, ECU. Uh, this is the, uh, this is what he's been working on the company. And if you loved your original MyPillow, you're going to love this even more. MyPillow 2.0, you go to um, MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. Buy one, get one free right now by using the War Room promo code and go check it out. Um, we, tr- we try to make sure that we, that we provide a framework so that all the information you see can then fall into something that makes, helps you make sense of, of what's going on. And one of the things I did years and years ago, in fact, it was, I was at the Pentagon and at graduate school at Georgetown, um, was to go back, not just read the books about World War II and, and talk to the people who fought it, but to go back and actually look at the newspapers and how, how you led up to it and, and what the, how the news reported it. Right now, I can tell you, we're in the dark valley of the 1930s. These things are happening every day. And the situation in the Ukraine, we have to get our arms around. We have to say, stop. This is not going to happen. We had Matt Gates on, and I realize Matt, Matt Gates is a very controversial individual. And there are people in this town that don't think very highly of him. There's other people that think very highly of him. And I know our audience thinks highly of him. I think you saw that today in his thinking. This uh, situation with the War Powers Act or forcing the Biden administration. And look, you've seen it right here. John Tester, John Tester is as left wing as any guy you're going to get in the U.S. Senate. Clearly, it's an election year and he's worried about Montana and Montana is, is Trump country. But Tester does not put a shot across the bow when he says, I'm, I'm, I'm hauling people before the Appropriations Committee, which I'm the senior defense appropriator. And they're going to answer my questions of how did this happen? How did we hear about it? This is the problem with this regime. On the debt ceiling and on the financial condition of the country, we really don't know where we stand. We just don't. Why? The government refuses to put out uh, their numbers. They're supposed to be, the debt ceiling is supposed to be hit. You know, it was technically hit in January, but we're supposed to be out of cash by um, extraordinary me- measures, their, their concept, by June 5th. That's just not true. I can tell you right now, 1,000% that is just not true. It's not true. And if they put forward their numbers, I can show you how it's not true. It's just not true. Okay? And you can go on for a long time and continue to pay the interest in debt. But here's the point. They will not come forward with anything but happy talk and these generalities and all this. In the Ukraine, that's why we have to force Treasury to come forward and give us a financial model. Tell us exactly where you are and when you want a clean debt ceiling, how is it sustainable the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year? You just heard um, – you know, Dr. Uh, Kevin Roberts on here talking about kind of a political solution so as not to encumber a 2024 nominee to basically kick it two years down the road. Now, I'm one of the dead enders. I, I obviously don't agree with that, but I do appreciate that Kevin McCarthy and, and, and Dr. Roberts and other people I respect, that is one alternative. I'm a dead ender. I want to see the numbers. I want to fight that battle now. And I don't think you're encumbering a 2024 because I think we have to have an adult sit- discussion about where the nation's finances are and how we continue to finance this without just printing money at the Federal Reserve, right? The other is about this Ukraine situation. We are now in a situation where they're talking on, 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 on MSNBC, and this is how it goes. They throw it out there, then they start you know, pushing it. That now we're talking about open, not, not just have we given the tanks, not that they want the, the, uh, the, the F-16s from us, not that they want the missiles and the rockets and all of it. They want the support crews. And now they're actually talking about confronting the Russian army. This would be American combat troops to, to, to uh, deliver 
a devastating battlefield defeat, a battlefield defeat that would lead to unconditional surrender. To do that in World War II, what, 120 million people died, 125 million people, if you did all the calculations, over 100 million people? 100 million people to get to the unconditional surrender of the Japanese and the Germans. And remember, we had to bomb Nazi Germany back into the Stone Age, and we had the Red Army, hello, the one they wanted to defeat. And in Japan, it took two nuclear weapons. The first one, they weren't going to surrender. The second, they thought, oh, these guys got unlimited. We better do this. This is the kind of insanity, and we need to force a War Powers Act. Biden must come to the table. If Tester thinks he's got a problem where they – it's been over the Aleutian Islands, and we didn't hear for, about it for a couple of days ago, and now we know that Alexander Burns, the head of the CIA, was up there briefing, briefing people in a classified briefing, I think on Tuesday, and never brought this up, that a spy balloon was over the continental United States. This is the kind of problem we have. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. We're seeing that every second of every day. Okay, the second hour we're going to get into this. We also have much. I have Ed Dow. There's more math about the died suddenly. Ed Dow is going to join us. Joe Allen. We're going to get into this more. Stick around. Short commercial break. We'll be back with the second hour of uh, of the war room in just a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM Health, all one word, WARROOMHealth.com. Go there today. 
You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.